Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping cleaning professionals make the impact that they were meant to make. Do you like flying or scuba diving? We're going to talk about that today. But before we do, I have a funny papers edition. I have another entry from Angela Brown's Professional House Cleaners Group. This one is from my friend Amy Wynn Smith, Dazzle Cleaning Service, Lansing, Michigan. This one, as she says, involves a goat. Should I skip this one or should I tell it? You know I'm going to tell it. Here's what Amy described. I want you just to imagine a nice farm, cows, goats, sheep, that's pretty good, right? All these horses, okay, there you go, and the farm animals. Imagine this scene, right? A farm, of course. Well, Amy's cleaning a house, and there's a goat chasing her around the house, I mean, that's weird. Someone left their goat out. I can see that on a farm, right, right. But the goat's like crashing into the cars, crashing in the back door of the house. It was pretty scary. And then the funny part is that, oh, by the way, it was not on a farm. It was in the city limits. There's a wild, deranged goat running around the city, (laughs) crashing into cars, crashing into the back of the house that Amy's trying to clean. What do I do? She's freaking out. And so there's damage getting done to cars and on the back door of the house. So the homeowner was home and sleeping. Now, how do you sleep through? Maybe that's the funniest part of the story. How do you sleep through a goat attacking your car's analysis? (laughs) Oh, come on, Amy. This is good. So anyway, she wakes up the homeowner and the homeowner was in disbelief, obviously, and had a hard time like waking up like what a goat is attacking my house uh, excuse me with it we're not in the farm he's like i know we're in the city but there's a goat what are you gonna do so they resolved it i don't i don't know what they did to finish it up amy didn't share the rest of that um she just basically said that i'm not a storyteller but this was funny so thank you amy for trusting my storytelling ability to make it funny it didn't have to have ken's flair it was funny on its own come on A city deranged goat. What I'm wondering is, just like in today's episode, I wonder if the goat was spatially disoriented. And we'll get into that in a minute. Today's episode, Instruments and Instincts. Are you a person that flies by the seat of your pants? Do you fly like Maverick and Top Gun, where your instincts dominate? This is absolutely cool in the movies, but it kills pilots in real life. Ooh. And the ones it kills are the amateurs and the experienced professionals. It's called spatial disorientation. First, let me give you a definition of spatial disorientation. It's the inability of a person to determine his true body position, motion, and altitude relative to the earth or his surroundings. Both airplane pilots and underwater divers encounter this phenomenon. Teresa and I earned our PADI open water certifications in July 2001. 
Now, PADI stands for Professional Association of Diving Instructors. So we earned our open water certification back then so that we could go scuba diving up to 60 feet deep in the Fiji Islands on an epic adventure we took in August 2001, arriving back home in the States about three weeks before 9-11. It was a nine-day vacation. So much fun. So much fun. We stayed at the island right across from where the movie Castaway was filmed with Tom Hanks and Wilson, the volleyball. Yeah. We didn't see Tom or the volleyball or anyone dangling from a tree. That's good news. But we did see epic fish, puffer fish, tiger sharks, all kinds of coral and and just amazing sea life and creatures. You gain a respect for what's underwater. When a human becomes a fish, essentially, you better respect that environment. You better So as I said, our certifications allowed us to dive for up to 60 feet deep. We were trained to follow our instruments, which basically included a buoyancy control device, a BCD, a regulator, a suit, an oxygen tank, depth gauge. I learned to trust my depth gauge. It was crucial. And my eyes and ears also to decide to go up or down while diving. There's charts you follow and things like that. You don't want to get the bends. There are many more components. I'm just trying to keep it simple. I can remember a few times where I swam up thinking I was going down. Even worse, I swam down thinking I was going up. Thankfully, I learned to trust my instruments to correct my positioning under the water. When you are that deep, it is really hard to tell which way is up or down. It's scary, but it's true. I'm so thankful that I was taught to trust my instruments. Here's another example of spatial disorientation. My friend Royce Repka, owner of Double R Flight Academy out of Perkesy, Pennsylvania. He jumped on a phone call with me to explain the phenomenon of spatial disorientation from the flight instructor point of view. He's been doing this for nearly a decade and he knows his stuff. So I'll paraphrase some of what Royce had taught me on this phone call. Ken, think of it like this. Humans spend 99.99% of their time on the ground. It seems flat, right? In reality, we are standing on a curved surface that is spinning and rotating. We can see the ground and we can visually see the horizon. The ground is down, the sky is up. Obvious. You have reference points. I understood this from personal experience dealing with Lyme disease and vertigo. I've learned this from a former physical therapist who was trained in the inner ear for vertigo. Your eyes see the ground and the horizon, and it communicates with the inner ear to balance your body in relation to the level of the earth. People with vertigo suffer dizziness because their inner ears are out of whack. Others can even get crystals that dangle in the inner ear, and it can trick the senses to give you vertigo even when you're standing straight. And there's techniques that physical therapists can do to remove those crystals. Royce continues, that's not the case up in the air. You're in a plane that is not subject to the earth spinning. The horizon is easy to see at low altitudes. But overall, there are less references for your senses to know which way is up, down, left, and right. This is why airplanes have instruments. Here's what's crazy. Pilots get disoriented and if they are maverick, they trust their senses or instincts over the instruments. 
They even trust their own perspective over the air traffic controllers, the ATCs, that are communicating to them to climb, level off, etc. Spatial disorientation is the highest killer of pilots. The instruments tell you one thing and your brain tells you something else. The instruments are true. In many flying conditions, there is no horizon. The night sky is always up when you're on the ground, but in the air, the idea of horizon is totally gone in some cases. What is up and what is down? I had a follow-up question because he was also mentioning the FAA crash reports and how they know that spatial disorientation was the number one killer. I said, well, how do they know that? Here's how Royce answered. He said this, the crash itself can be obvious. When a pilot banks to the left, as an example, they immediately feel that they are going left. But if they stay banking to the left and sort of level off in the left position where they keep going left, their senses tell them that they're going straight crazy, right? They're actually starting in a spin and they don't realize it. This creates the disorientation. Pilots can get lost in the clouds or bad weather and not know which direction they are going. They think they've leveled out while the compass is spinning in circles. They can't believe the compass. It's defective, obviously. Why is it spinning? Because I feel like I'm going straight. But meanwhile, their plane is in a corkscrew death spiral. Those crashes are easy to assess and cite the cause of spatial disorientation. The air traffic controller has recordings of disturbing conversations with pilots. This is in the FAA records. The pilot was either confused or they admitted they were disoriented. ATC would lead them back to level as best they could by the instrument dashboard they were looking at in front of them, showing them exactly what that plane's doing. It's banking to the left, banking to the right. It's nosediving, it's heading up. And the pilot may think he's doing totally fine. And they're telling him, you are going sideways. <laughs> You're spinning. And they're like, no, I'm fine. Pilots, they trust my instincts, right? So it's unfortunate, Royce says, that some of these pilots, they crashed because they trusted their own senses like Maverick over the instruments and over the air traffic controller telling them what the plane is doing. That's a really, really, really difficult position to be in. When you see black with your eyes, but someone else is telling you that really in front of you is white. So who do you believe? You believe your own senses or what someone else is telling you? This is pivotal for anyone that ever wants to fly. So Royce makes sure to hammer that home when he was explaining this to me. So these crashes were also easy to diagnose Some of the recordings from the ATC also just show the pilot literally has no idea what they are doing. This entire thing is so chilling to me. I've experienced the underwater phenomenon, but boy, Royce's examples have really hit home. So to follow up with Royce, I was asking him, okay, you're an instructor, so how does this work? Let's say I wanted to become a pilot. What does it look like for me to go from no flight hours logged to becoming a professional. Walk me through that. So in Royce's Double R Flight Academy, which I put in the show notes so you can link with Royce if you're interested in getting some flight lessons. But I was curious how this worked. And here's what Royce explained to me. First, you need to train to get your private pilot's license. This allows you to fly during the day or night with no clouds, no bad weather. 
You do not use your instruments, but you use them more as a reference like your car odometer. You don't stare at your your odometer while driving. You use your senses. But the odometer is useful so you don't get pulled over for speeding. That's what private pilots do. They use their senses in good weather and reference their instruments to keep them safe. As an example, you're looking at the horizon to tell if you're going up, down, left, right, etc. The second level of flight training is called instrument rating. This allows you to fly in any weather. You are literally flying using only instruments. Royce and other instructors use view-limiting devices to force you to remove your senses, your eyes and ears, while flying in clear weather. This simulates what flying is like in bad weather or in the clouds. This rating takes the pilot from instincts with a little bit of reference from the instruments to the instruments are the truth. Use those and then have your senses, your eyes and ears as your reference. The third level is called a commercial pilot's license. Now, Royce teaches all three of these. He personally has the commercial pilot's license. Well, he have all, he has all three. And this commercial pilot's license allows you to get a job so that you can get paid to fly. Royce has this so he can instruct others. And he gave me this as a simple analogy. If you fly with a friend that has a private license, you will split the cost of the flight. If your friend has a commercial license, he can charge you for the flight and you pay 100%. (laughs) That's that's a simple way of thinking of it. But all the pilots that you go on airplanes, you know, Delta, US Air, Southwest, those, those are commercial pilots. So I was just absolutely in awe of the work that Roy does after this phone call. I have such a new appreciation for flight and the level of skill and trust that pilots have. And I fully understand why commercial pilots are paid so well. They need to be. I also was amazed at the parallels between what Royce teaches new pilots to what any business coach teaches new business owners. Are you the type of entrepreneur that is like Maverick operating on instincts alone? You may and think that it's cool or always the way you've done things, but you may also be about to go out of business in a death spiral for financial disorientation. Oh, you won't believe the bank statements or the foreclosure notices or the well-meaning friends warning you that you're spinning out of control. Why would you? You're a maverick and that is how you've always done it. It's great to operate on instinct, yes. It allows you to take action fast, but it can kill you. There is another extreme. You don't trust yourself at all, and you only trust your instruments. You look at people as numbers and closing percentages and key performance indicators. Everything is an automated number for you to adjust. Everything is transactional. You will not win this way either. Or if you do win, nobody will like you or respect you. You've tuned out people and relationships, and you will lead a lonely life. Plus, operating with instruments only, it's accurate, but it can cause you to never make a decision and take no action. So where the maverick takes all action and may die because of the risk and not checking the instruments... The overthinker, the instruments guy, may be looking at every spreadsheet in the book and never makes a decision. 
So these are two extremes and both approaches are bad. So where's the balance? I really like Royce's explanation of the three levels of piloting. I believe that if you're more instinctual, get your private pilot's license, operate on instinct, but be sure to reference your instruments. Promise me though that you'll reference your instruments. Also, I believe that if you're more instrument or numbers based, get your instrument rating. Operate with instruments, but be sure to reference your instincts. Promise me, though, that you'll actually reference your instincts. Some of you will go on to get your commercial pilot's licenses and become coaches to others in our industry. This is a high burden like the commercial pilot. You will get paid on how well you fly and how you instruct others to get their private licenses and instrument ratings. There are many great ones out there, coaches I mean in the cleaning industry, and I have personally endorsed them already by bringing them on the podcast as guests, and others are coming, so watch out for those. So who does Ken recommend as the commercial pilots or the commercial coaches to help you to the next level? Just look at the people I've interviewed, and there's more to come. I, too have my equivalent private instrument and commercial licenses and ratings to instruct a specific group of cleaning business owners. So I'm the Royce for the solo cleaners. You guys are my people. So if you're a solo cleaner, check this out. Are you working for someone full-time and cleaning on the side with the hopes of going full-time in your own cleaning business? Are you already a solo cleaner, but you're struggling or spinning in circles? You've got no time, you've got no money, and you're frustrated. You need access to my ISO model and the four fundamentals that I use as your instrument panel or dashboard to keep you flying level and toward your goals. You can optimize your solo cleaning business to earn over $50,000 profit cleaning less than 20 hours per week without employees or subs. Get access to this game-changing training for only $57 a month in the Solo Elite Membership at smartcleaningschool.com forward slash elite. Today's episode was brought to you by Swept Janitorial Software. Would you like to streamline your scheduling, supplies, quality control, and employee management? Check out the Smart Cleaning School's SWEPT exclusive deal. Get access to SWEPT for 30 days for 30 bucks. That's a $245 savings, folks. Go to smartcleaningschool.com forward slash resources for the exclusive. Plus, you can check out my testimonial video on this link to hear how Swept allowed me to take my family to Florida for a month, twice in February. Swept is one of my instruments to make sure I'm flying straight. Also, if you're interested in flying and you're in the Philadelphia area, check out my friend Royce Repka's flight academy called Double R Flight Academy. He's a great teacher, and I highly, highly recommend him. Royce Repka offers private, instrument, and commercial training for aspiring pilots and future Air Force Academy students. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed. 